Don't make me turn this podcast around. You're listening to the Reno Dads podcast. We're dads talking about dad stuff. We're doing the dad thing in the biggest little city in the world, Reno, Nevada. But we're talking about things that all dads and parents can relate to. We'll share fatherly war stories, discuss manly things, and even get into the tender moments of fatherhood. We want you to be a part of the conversation, so join us and listen in. Oh, and be warned, dad jokes ahead. All right, welcome back to the next episode here of Reno Dad's podcast. It's Jonathan. Uh, I've got a special guest here in the booth with me for this episode, um, Charity, who is not a dad. She is a mom, but she has started a company here in Reno that I think will be really interesting for our listeners, uh, dads and moms. So welcome, Charity. Hi. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Today. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell us, tell the, uh, tell our, uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm a mom of two little boys. I have a two and a half year old and a one year old and three months. And I've been married for ever. <laughs> um, and then I've been in Reno for 11 years and have no plans on leaving. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Um, and you started a company called My Family Connection. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so My Family Connection, it's really about, I call it like, I'm a family strategist and a family advocate. So you can come to me for anything if you're having issues with your marriage or your children, and anywhere from in the home or all the way to school. And then I also help parents with like special education resources as okay. well. And is it is it really different from counseling in that way? Or how do you sort of differentiate yourself that way? So I differentiate myself from like therapy or counseling because um, I don't get into the like psychosis of things or the why, I really focus on the now, your goals, and the future. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's really goal-oriented and kind of action-oriented? Correct. Like, where do you, where, what's going on with your family? Where do you want to see yourself go? And how do we move forward? Okay. Excellent. Um, and so some of the services you mentioned are, you know, aimed at the family, obviously, as a unit. And mm -hmm. then are you also working with individuals? I do. I work with individual parents because, um, Parents don't always see eye to eye. So sometimes I'll work with the mom or the dad and their different communication styles. And then I'll work with them together. Or, you know, sometimes we have single parent situations mm -hmm. and divorces. Do you do like co-parenting type of thing? I do. Okay. I do. And um, so that's interesting to me mm -hmm. having uh, lived through that. Um, and so we're, I was curious to learn about um, some of the services you've already mentioned um, what are some examples of, you know, I mean, to the extent you can, ex you know, share with us, like mm -hmm. maybe tell us a little bit about some of the um, types of problems you're helping solve, you know, around, uh, well, I like what you said about sort of parenting, different parenting styles. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you sort of, how do you approach that with, with, the, with the different parents? Um, I think I'll give you an example of I had two parents who had completely different parenting styles and it came to a point where it'd be a huge argument between the parents mm -hmm. and the kids would start to play the parents against each other. I've never seen that. Before. Never. Not once. Yeah. So um, what we did is um, what I started having them do is make a list of like, what are your goals and can you guys match them? Can you guys agree on anything? And what really works for your family as a whole and works for each child individually as well, because every child is so different. And then if you guys see yourself in a situation where a kid is playing you guys against each other or um, you guys are disagreeing in that moment, it's okay to say pause. We're going to come back and talk to you about what we've decided. Because it also shows the kids that you guys can get into a disagreement, but you guys can also work together and come to a commonality. Okay. So it's like modeling. It's Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I'm curious to hear 
like how um, how you approach it when maybe their parents are so far apart that they really maybe don't have some of those goals. Do they you kind of have to sort of get them to that first page, that first step of like agreeing on what the goals are? You do. You yeah. definitely do. Um, sometimes that takes a few sessions. Yeah. And it's a lot of um, it's not just work with me. It's work individually. So like you I you leave me with homework. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you have it, to I'm go sure. home. You know, if you have to sit and think about those goals. And also sometimes I think parents can, we can be stubborn and not want to give in. <laughs> right. So you really have to sit back and think, why am I saying no to this? Why am I not able to agree to this? And really like reflect within. Right. And so right. sometimes that will really help. And so I try and help parents get to that point like how, how long have you been um you know working with families so as my own company i've actually just started a couple months ago yeah but i've been working with families for like 12 years now oh, okay and mm -hmm. where did you start so i started with i've been working with school i worked with children originally in like um, preschools i've worked in elementary schools and then recently i worked at a junior higher slash high school mm -hmm. and that's really where i was using my background in um family education. Right. And so I was um, an IEP advocate and I was creating courses for parents and I was a family resource. Mm -hmm. And um, I left to be a mom full time. And while I was doing that, I was like, I feel like I can do more. Right. And so this dream kind of came into my head and I was like, I've done this before. And I think that being on my own, I can help families more. Is it sort of a gap though? I mean, I guess what I was trying to figure out is, is there something like when you know, there are IEPs, for example, is one of the things mm -hmm. I was reading about on your website that a lot of times there's a lot of um, resources for sort of really young kids or young mm -hmm. families with young children. But then there's sort of a gap, you know, when they get into, say, later years in elementary school or even middle school. 100%. So that was actually one of the reasons why I started the company was I saw that there was a gap with secondary education. There's so much help from zero to five. Mm -hmm. And there's really nothing out there for parents or even educators to um, get that help past right. those ages. So that's when I started doing my research and I was like, how can I help parents of older kids? Because you don't stop parenting at five, right? It gets harder. Well, depending. You don't stop parenting when your kids are in college. Exactly. So my mom still moms me. Yeah. So, Good to hear. Um, so I really just wanted to help bridge that gap because we always need help. We can't do it alone. And I just want to be able to be a resource and someone that people can come and talk to. So, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. Like what sorts of things are different when you start to get into the later years, just as a, you know, a matter of, um, you know, I guess, I guess curiosity on my own part, what are um, some of the differences that you are addressing in those later years, say um, in the later elementary school? I mean, how, do, how does that IEP or how does that sort of, how does that change over the years? Mm -hmm. So when you're first being, um, get your IEP, um, you know, it's the beginning processes and you're just getting the new resources. And then as your kids get older, hopefully if they're getting the right resources, they're getting better. They're getting their help. They're learning how to manage their disability. And But what I'm finding also is as the kids get older, they're getting lost in the system. Mm -hmm. And parents aren't don't know all their tools and resources to be able to advocate for their kids. And I think that we're so often we're told, just listen to the education system, just listen to your teacher, listen to these professionals. But they're also so inundated and mm -hmm. so busy that 
sometimes it's just hard to keep up with all the kids and give them all their resources and make sure that they're being compliant with their IEP. So that's where I come in and I'm like, help parents to fight. I write all the documents. I review their documents. I make sure that they're being compliant and that the um, goals and objectives make sense for their child where they are right now. Right. And um, is that really just a Washoe County thing that you're doing or is it, are you working with others? I mean, areas like, I guess I'm curious how far out are you, is your service available? So, so far I've only worked with Washoe County, but I am very familiar with all the surrounding districts as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, I just started doing this privately. So as word of mouth, but yeah, I'm, I go everywhere. Sure. So one of the things I was curious about, um, you know, looking through your website and then talking to you now is like, you know, how are you, how are you seeing um, dads getting involved um, in this process? And what would you sort of like to see dads doing in this process? For sure. So I had a dad, well, actually, it's the mom came to me first, but I ended up working with a dad because he was having a problem being more of an authoritarian parent versus more flexible with his kids. So it was very like, do what I say and just do it, no questions asked. And he came because he wanted to know, how do I be more flexible? How can I help and, like, understand where my kids are developmentally? And so we worked with, like, the ages of his kids, what discipline made sense at what ages Mm -hmm. and for their behaviors. Mm -hmm. And it really helped him to understand his kids better and be closer with his kids and just made all those relationships mm-hmm. better. Overall. So was this at something like the mom was looking for a, a little bit of help? You know, kind of. She, she was because yeah. there were it was just like a point of contention for them. Sure. And so she was like, "If you're open to it, I know this person." And so we talked, and mm-hmm. it's how mm-hmm. I worked with him, and it really. And what do you? I mean, what sorts of things can you tell? Um, a, a lot of our listeners are both, you know, obviously moms and dads, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'd like to hear like what are some things that you would sort of, if you could, say to dads generally about, you know, the types of things that you would recommend that they be thinking about in this area? Like how to, how to you know, again, how to, how to approach, you know, parenting as a, as a partnership, mm-hmm. which is, I think, one of the things that I'm hearing. But, um, you know, what are some of the things you, you know, you'd like to tell dads just generally? I think definitely the partnership is key and like knowing that it takes both of you. The kids want to hear from both of you. They want to know that dad isn't just the person that comes in and plays or whether he's just the person that comes in and throws down the hammer. They, you know, parents want to, parents, <laughs> kids want their dads to be involved in all aspects of their life and be someone that they can trust mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Trust and love on and then also know, oh, he means business. Right. So I think just really having dads be present with their kids Mm -hmm. and know what's going on with them and talk to their kids and being aware of just like everyday realities of what it's like to be a kid. It's hard to be a kid too, just like it's hard to be a parent. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is a conversation we've had a lot here at uh, Reno Dads and on the podcast in Mm -hmm. particular um, where we talk about, you know, just being engaged and being present. And Mm -hmm. that's what we are hoping for all of our dads. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously it's not it's not the easiest thing. I mean, a lot of dads didn't grow up with that in their family. So that example was never sort of set for them. They didn't really sort of know what that mean, you know, mm. really means. So I think it's changing. I think we feel like as a community of dads here in Reno and and just broadly, I mean, the dads that I'm friends with who are, you know, along all of the different, um, you know, phases of fatherhood from, you know, toddlers to now like me and, you know, kids in college, 
you know, and and it, that it changes, right? I mean, your relationship, you know, when they're little, you have a certain sort of things you have to do and caring that you're obviously you're in the middle of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as they get older, it's like a totally different conversation. I mean, yeah. I'm talking to my kids about their relationships, you know, their, mm-hmm. you know, sort of boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. And it's like a totally different style of parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, one of the things that we try to do here at Reno Dads is really encourage just the conversation, right? Correct. You know, um, how does it, how would you recommend? So here's, here's something I, would, I was sort of thinking about is like, you mentioned the mom that came to you and said, hey, would you, if you were open to that, what are some things that you would sort of recommend, recommend or, you know, some advice you might give to a parent who's like having trouble with their cope? parent you know their partner and wants to sort of maybe introduce this idea like how would you sort of suggest they do that um i think again open dialogue is really important and i think that we all know how to push people's buttons so don't do that (laughs) but um definitely you know you you soft bring it up you go hey here are some things i was noticing Mm -hmm. in our co-parenting journey what do you think and see where they're coming from too because they might be on a completely different page. Right. Um, and then once you see that, be like, here's something I was thinking about. What if we sought help mm-hmm. in our co-parenting journey? So it's not just feeling like we're attacking one another mm-hmm. or um, I'm just nagging you. Right. Um, so it's just really like, it's your tact. <laughs> and yeah. um, you don't ever want to make someone feel like you're attacking how they parent because that's a very sensitive subject because we all are just trying to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. And just really also trying to be encouraging as well. Being like, we both want to move forward with this peacefully. Yeah. Well, the thing that I asked a little bit about earlier was, you know, the difference between this and, say, going to a therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, what what do you s- sort of suggest around that? In other words, like if somebody like a, a mom might say, we just need therapy. Like we need fam- family therapy and they're just going to go find a therapist versus somebody like you is more of a coach and an advocate mm-hmm. and all the things you already mentioned. Like how do you sort of suggest that they consider you versus that? Well, so I always do a consultation with them and see where they are. There are cases where I'm definitely like, you should go see a therapist. There's other issues here. But if I just really see that the only issue is that they need to get on the same page, I'm like, let's talk about your goals. Let's move forward with this versus you guys really don't have like deep trauma or um, mental instability things Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. So um, I just really try to focus on like the people that really are goal oriented and want to move forward mm-hmm. versus when they're you can tell in that in my consultations when people are talking to you what's going on right and i know my limitations sure. so i'm definitely not going to try and convince someone to come talk to me when i'm like i do think you need to go talk to someone else <laughs> right, right um but yeah. um yeah it's definitely a difference and it's hard sometimes can be hard to find that line mm-hmm. but i do again stress that i am the goal area oriented and i'm the now and the future and talk, talk to me a little bit about how you work with the kids in this environment so what are some of the things do you i mean i know you're talking about obviously coaching the parents but mm-hmm. what are your interactions like with the children in these instances as well right so i do meet with each kid individually and i see what their goals are how do they feel in certain situations with their parents you know how's it feeling your mom says this to you how's it feeling your dad says this mm-hmm. to you how do you wish they would you know talk to you about things cuz um at the end of the day kids emulate what they see right and they have valid feelings and emotions and I think that they just want to be seen and heard. 
So I try to be that person. And then once we talk about that, we, you know, we do dream journals, we have goals for them. And then I bring the, and with their permission, (laughs) I bring their parents and I'm like, here's how, you know, and I set up what if scenarios and I allow them to play out different scenarios in front of me. And so they can actually see what a healthy boundary and healthy conversations can look like. Mm -hmm. So then they can practice that. Okay. And what's your take on, I mean, we've been talking about the pandemic, obviously, for a while. Mm -hmm. um, And there are lots of studies out there about, you know, the impact on children in lots of different ways, academically and socially and so forth. Um, Do you have a sort of a a view of that? Do you have any thoughts on what you've been seeing over the last couple of years? I've definitely seen the impact on children. Mm -hmm. And um, I even saw it on parents, you know, when they had to take on the role of having their kids home 24-7 and being a teacher. And I think that um, it's going to take a while for everyone to get used to post-pandemic world. Mm -hmm. And kids just really suffered. Um, emotionally and mentally and Mm -hmm. so now they're being thrown back into school and it's like I think their first real year of school right and so we're seeing a lot of different behaviors from kids this year that probably were suppressed because they are trying to get used to a new normal Mm -hmm. and I think that again it's going to take a while so I think now more than ever parents really need to be listening to their kids and seeing what's out there and I just think that with the pandemic, we also saw different versions of schooling, and there's different versions of schooling that works with each kid. We saw that some kids thrived in distance learning, and we saw some kids did not thrive, exactly. and they need to go to school. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that's also another thing that parents should look at and be like, why are they having these behaviors? How were they doing during distance learning? Mm-hmm. What can I do to help them move forward? Okay. Yeah. Are there, let's say, I think you mentioned a couple of different areas, um, and one of the things you mentioned also was sort of a, I'm curious because it's something that I definitely wrestled with when my kids first started using technology. So are you, um, I, I know you mentioned it in some of your things on uh, on your website. Um, do you sort of coach parents around that as part of uh, you know, the dynamic and, you know, how do you, you know, how do you work with parents on managing technology with their, you know, with their kids? Yeah, technology is definitely a tough one, right? So especially with cell phones, all those things that all of our kids are so, they have so much access to the world now. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually tend towards the less technology is better, Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to social media. Um, but I do, you know, it really just depends on what works for the family, what their boundaries are. I just think parents need to talk to their kids about safety mm-hmm. and boundaries. Um, your kids should not be on the phone with their boyfriend at 4 a.m. in the morning when they have school at 7.30. Um, but so I just try and talk to parents about that. And, you know, if you need to have a chair in your bedroom where it's a charging point and you know that your kids aren't on the phone in the middle of the night, right. which is hard because teenagers want their phones. But I think it's just about boundaries, seeing what works for your family and setting realistic expectations. Right, right. Yeah, we definitely wrestled with that. I will say there was a time when we first gave them the phones. This is going back a little ways. And I thought, OK, you know, technology, you know, when there was a point like we would say basically, OK, during dinner and after dinner, you know, phones are on the charger and they're over here and you can you know, after dinner, look at them, but you're not going to take them back into your room. Like we had some rules Mm -hmm. and then those rules started kind of like, 
you know, slide a little bit and, you know, me being the way I am, of course, it sounds you know, like you've, you've heard this before, you know, I was like, well, these are the rules we agreed to. Like, why are we not you know, sort of enforcing them? So I felt like maybe I, you know, wasn't on the same page as my now ex. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've definitely what I'm hearing resonates with me. I mean, I, I would imagine there are plenty of parents who are listening who would say, oh, yeah, I wonder if I, I could use a little bit of help getting my partner on the same page and my getting on the same page as my partner, you know, that they could, you know, find you and, uh, and, you know, start, you know, start up a conversation. Are, are there other resources that you would point um, parents to? Do you like have other things that you would say are, you know, good places to look if they're starting to start having these questions? Yeah. So, I mean, every county has a family resource center. Um, one of my favorite authors, his name's John Medina. Okay. He's actually a neurologist and he has a book called Brain Rules. And he has another book for teenagers called Teenage Brain Attack. And so it really just dives into, again, developmentally, what ages your kids are at and what's appropriate for them. And he has a way of talking about things that's humorous, entertaining, and relatable. So it's not like a boring book. Right. <laughs> so those are some of my favorite ones to read. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I think this has been really helpful to me. I mean, I probably would have been help more helpful when I was actually in the co-parenting mode of, you know, in the trenches, as it were. But I think, you know, what you've described is a really, I mean, it's a really important thing for parents, co-parents, you know, in whatever configuration they're in to solve, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we, I've, I've lived through it. There are a lot of people living through it. And even people who are, you know, quote unquote, happily married, mm -hmm. you know, they find themselves in a situation and many situations where they have different ideas about how to parent their kids and their kids also are different children, different humans and need different types of parenting based on, you know, who they are as humans and the personalities and, you know, their capabilities. Okay. Yeah. So um, anything else you want to share with uh, our, our, our listeners before we uh, wrap up? I think really just, um, you know, happy and healthy families allow kids to thrive. So whatever you can do as a parent to get you guys to a cohesive and functioning place. Um, I'm your girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really good. And I know that there are you know, people who are going to be really curious about this. We'll put links up on the website to yours and to some of the things we mentioned. And um, I hope that if you're out there listening and you have questions, you can reach out to Charity. Um, and thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. You've been listening to the Reno Dads podcast on renodads.com. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Stop by renodads.com and click on Contact Us and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear on our show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at renodads and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us. We hope you'll join us here next time and we'll see you online at